<laughs> went home. Uh, Mum asked me, how was your day? And I just burst out crying. I <laughs> <laughs> just couldn't. I just couldn't. What's wrong with you? <laughs> David Hines going to kill me. Absolute chaos. And I was like, I really don't want rabies. <laughs> Hello, children. I have hamsters on my left. <laughs> Very good and price. I have mice on my right. That's the right hand. Get him. Lord Jesus, help us. Oh, man. Please. Oh, Please. Hello and welcome to Real Talk. This is a show where we talk about real stuff. This is TLC's first ever podcast aimed at youth and young adults. Just a forewarning, there will be no explicit content or inappropriate stories taking place whatsoever. But we hope you still enjoy and continue to tune in. Well, welcome to episode four of the Real Talk podcast. We're on for another week. We haven't been taken down yet. I'm very surprised about that. But this week, we're very privileged because we're joined by a special guest. Everyone give it up for Mr. Josh Jones, known as JJ. Yeah, Cheers, Josh. gents. Another, another Josh. Josh joined the team. So Have we told we... Callum that we're... Just yeah, making this the Josh podcast. I'm being I'm being forced out here. Yeah, sat very outnumbered, and we've become the Josh podcast. Oh, I can't wait! This is like the precursor, like the prequel. I haven't felt this outnumbered since I like tagged onto the end of Sharice's Hendu. So, <laughs> sorry, what? That, wait, what? Can't just throw that in there and expect that to go unnoticed. No, so, so, Josh, why don't you introduce <laughs> no, someone? No, 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 no. Excuse me. Explain, what? and then we'll introduce Josh. Why? <laughs> why? Why? I, I mean, it's not that big a story. Like, oh. Hendu finished a little bit early. It was a really tame one. It was one of those like scavenger hunts, have tea, that kind of thing. <laughs> and if like, it, no, it didn't finish early. It overran, and I came back. And I so like, you oh, actively you chose. That's a Hendu. Oh, I'm gonna go to it. Well, they were in the house that I was staying in. Well, technically, uh, at the time as well, you were single. So as a single man, crashing a Hendu is probably quite a smart idea. Yeah, there we go. I was yeah. so up. Life hack game. with Callum Hearn right there. Anyway. <laughs> As a single man. Wow. No, let's not do that. <laughs> would you like to just introduce yourself, tell us a bit about what you're doing and how these people would know you? Um, I'm JJ. Uh, most people listening to this will probably know me as JJ. Yeah. Wasn't it as Josh Jones. And yeah. came to, when was that, TLC for a fair few years. Yeah. Still feel like it's home, you know. Yeah, um, came through real. Uh, and then, yeah, moved down to London in 2017. Went to journalism school for nine months. Um, qualified as a sports journalist. Became a sports journalist. Oh, that is so good. I'm now a sports journalist. Yeah. And now a sports journalist working from home who doesn't go to any sport. Hence I'm here. Just a journalist. <laughs> I'm now a bedroom journalist. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That sounds so much worse. Wow. <laughs> hey man, Callum's crashing Hendy's and you're a bedroom journalist. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Real talk podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, just because I knew you growing up as a kid, right? And your dream was to always be a journalist. Yeah. And you've actually achieved it. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, well, this is the start of becoming a, a sports journalist. I went to Wimbledon in 2008 That's with cool. my dad. Martin awesome. took me down. That's so cool. And uh, so dad went to, went to school with John Inverdale yeah. from the BBC. And uh, so whenever we went to Wimbledon, he was like, come on in and we'll, we'll show you around the BBC studios. So <sighs> took us wow. round, met like, just for, like, just when I saw Sue Barker and like news, <laughs> news round were there. New, that was when news round was super cool. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and yeah, then saw kind of a load of old players and stuff. And I was like, on the way home, I was like, dad, oh. I want to do that. Oh, that's yeah, really cool. So that was July the 2nd, ago. I believe, 2008. And then 
yeah, pretty much to the day, 10 years later, I started at The Sun. Man. Wow. That story must have given you so much like clout at school. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite cool. Yeah. It's quite cool. <laughs> weekend, guys. They're like, oh yeah, I was playing on my PS1, which was probably what it was at the time. Probably, You're like, yeah. yeah, I was just chilling with Sue Barker down at Wimbledon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what no, but that is like cool that you had a dream from when you were younger and you actually like fulfilled it to actually what it is. I feel like uh, yeah, I guess, you know, you know when you go to those like career coaches at, at school, yeah. ju- you probably had it at Judge and uh, shout out Judge Meadow again. <laughs> and, uh, and so like you'd go to them and everyone's like, uh, what are you good at? Science, maths. Oh yeah, go, go and do uni and stuff. And <laughs> I was like, I really want to become a sports journalist. Like, yeah. I know I wasn't going to be good enough to be a sports, like a sportsman. Um, <laughs> Josh will testify to that. <laughs> I was like, what's the next thing about not doing sport? Oh, right, and talk about it instead. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of basically took a f- as many steps as I could towards that from, yeah, from right when I was at, at Judge Meadow Secondary School, cool. doing, like, m- funny match reports, went and yeah. helped out Obi Town for a season That's and... Awesome. Yeah, and then moved down to moved down to London to go to special ju- journalism <laughs> wow, school. Because so cool. Josh, you you had a dream job, didn't you? And then you actually ended up working at Pets at Home, which is <laughs> your dream job. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Pets at Home is where I want to be. My like career path always changed. I when I was younger, I used to be wanted to be an archaeologist. Ooh. <laughs> And now I'm part-time youth worker, part-time pets at home worker. Living the dream. It really hasn't gone to that point, has it? Uh, but, yeah. yeah. So the moral of the story, guys, is try hard and you might succeed. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good. What was like your dream, like dream job when you were younger? What did you aspire to be? Uh, I went through a few, but the first like job I can remember being like, oh, I really want to do this. And don't judge me too hard for this, okay? <laughs> Ballerina. I feel like I'm no, really- it was a, a paleontologist. What? <laughs> Which is someone who digs up dinosaur bones. You see, isn't that just like a fancy archaeologist though? Yeah, it's an archaeologist, but it's a dinosaur archaeologist. But then you're now working Not, as a, yeah. <laughs> a student. I mean, student if I buster. volunteer at seniors and I'm working with dinosaurs, aren't I? Hey. <laughs> oh, bless them. I love seniors as well. <laughs> Hopefully you're not digging up their bones. <laughs> no, that that's been a bad <laughs> meal, hasn't it? <laughs> what oh, about good. you, Josh? Did you have a dream job when you were younger? I thought I was going to head into some form of sports coaching, probably through archery. Yeah, and then, archery. yeah, that was that was supposed to be what I was going to do. And then God said, don't go to uni. So that ruined my plans. Yeah. God does. Thanks a lot, God. Yeah. But aren't you glad you're here and not in some archery training camp? Am I glad I'm here right now? 10 to 10, <laughs> sat around a table with you three Muppets. <laughs> Thrilled, mate. <Absolutely>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. Of course I am. Like, ultimately, I don't, I don't know what I'd do. If, mm. if I wasn't doing this, I, I don't know what qualifications, what skills, what abilities <laughs> I have. You might have an Olympic gold medal, to be fair. Yeah, could have, could have. Or an Olympic failure and come home with nothing. Oh, Who knows? Yeah. To be fair, if you'd done Olympic gold in, in 2012, we'd have a gold post box around the corner from TLC. Well, a lot of us, other than one shining example, have had dreams that haven't really gone to plan. What would you say has been your worst jobs along your whole life? Like, worst jobs ever. Like, you just don't want to be there at all. What, what, what was your first job? So I, I had a paper round when yeah. I was like paper 12. Round. Standard. Never had a paper round. Have you not? No. Nope. Straight into, <laughs> yeah. uh, into w- smart school. Over you didn't have I wasn't round. fit enough for a paper round <laughs> to be able to ride a bike. You were like what they call like the telegraph courier. They're not called paper round boys, aren't they? Messenger. Yeah, Mes- messenger. <laughs> messenger. Yeah. Uh, no, I worked for a guy around the corner from my house, obviously, because that's where you do a paper round from, isn't it? <laughs> and um, he ran a 
just a little news agent. Lovely guy. I was at school with his son. His son was called Rakesh. His dad was just so horrible with the costs. <laughs> so I used to deliver 32 papers a day oh for five pounds a week. Five pounds a week? Child labor. It's not like they get like, like have to deliver reports or get like checks on how their welfare is, do they? Like, they don't have to report to anyone. No. No. They can just charge you whatever you want. Charge you what you want? Yeah. You shouldn't have to pay tax on it. It was probably cash in hand, wasn't it? It was <laughs> definitely cash on hand. Yeah, cash yeah. in hand. Did it, was anyone's first job not cash in hand? <laughs> My, yeah. Mine wasn't, to be fair. Oh. So I've had two two jobs. Second one being as a sports journalist. First one, I worked at HSBC down in De Montfort Street um, during my gap year. Didn't well, I didn't get sacked, unlike <laughs> yeah. some of my colleagues. Yeah. yeah, I got sacked from my paper round. Didn't Did work. You? It was like a slow sacking. They slowly removed more and more papers from me until I was down to like delivering six a week. <laughs> they were your six. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, six papers every day for a week, or just six papers a no, week. No, six papers every day. Okay. But the fair is, one of them was actually mine, and then one of them was also my grand's. Um, so really, just four wow. normal papers. So basically, you were just going to the shops for your family to get your papers. Much, yeah. And he was getting paid for it, to be yeah, fair. That's all right. That's, that's smart. Smart kids. Yeah, I bet I you mean, got paid more than I did. Yeah, I, I still got paid six pounds a week, to be fair. For you like got paid six, a pound a more a week. I mean, grad, like, granted, I did mine on like 19, 12. Yeah. But you got paid a pound more from, and I did 32 papers. I, Just to say, Rakesh's dad, if you're listening, <laughs> I forgive you. But I think you might money. be owed some compensation. You could, you could sue. Possibly, maybe. <laughs> My mum's called Sue. This is what happens. You're new here, but Callum <laughs> <laughs> comes up with some very weird phrases. Let's just say that. That wasn't even me. Oh, was I was just fit saying was Sue. He went, My mum's called he Sue. Said, <laughs> you should sue. I said, My mum's called Sue. I'm just telling you the truth. Hang on. I don't think it, like, paper was my worst job. I mean, when it was raining, it was a bit gritty. Right. But see, I, I did that, and then I worked for a place called Party Animals. It's like an animal experience like group where they take animals to like so fun fairs. So, <laughs> what? It's what, like, like the next step towards vet. <laughs> I was trying to work my way up. I think it's stopped. I think it's stopped like Paper round, party animals. <laughs> Pets at home. Pets at home. <laughs> You're almost there, mate. I had a couple of jobs in pubs. Uh, mm. when I was, so I was 14, I got a job in a pub working in the kitchen. Um, and I did that. I did that a couple oh, of times. See, I swear you're not allowed to have a job in the kitchen. 14. You're just yeah, just slaving away. It's fine. No one asked any questions. Put them in the back. No one can see. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. If anyone came to call, Cash I didn't have a job there. It's fine. Um, for uh, lots of experiences, and I'm sure you can relate. Probably relate working in a bank with just just customers, just not having basic human decency, mm. basically. So I remember one time I was working on. Um, Bank, it was bank holiday weekend. It was like May Day. Uh, and we were on the seaside. So like literally hundreds of bikers had come by. They'd stopped at this pub that I was working at. And it was a, the kind of pub that did like, you know, like cheap grub. Yeah. It was like sausage baguettes and things like that. with like <laughs> cheesy chips on the side. It's cool, man. And, uh, that's so good. I was about to say, that's cool. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was good. But it was that kind of food, you know. Mm, yeah. It wasn't fancy schmancy. Yeah. Uh, and we literally had about 100 customers in, like crammed out in the garden, in the pub and everything. You wouldn't get that these days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not social distancing. Yeah. So there was like an hour wait on food. And I yeah. took this one guy out, his like sausage and cheese baguette. And he just like went off the rails. He was like, oh, what? I've been waiting for an hour for this. And it's just a baguette. It takes like five minutes to cook. <laughs> and I was, I was like 15. I was like, I'm, 
I'm sorry, we're trying as hard as we can. And he came in and like shouted at my boss. Oh. And uh, he, he, uh, it was just really funny the way he did it because he was like, oh, I'm a banker in central London. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my boss called him a not very nice word that rhymed with that. So. <laughs> Which is oh, nice wow. when your boss has your back. Customers, I feel like, are the thing that make jobs like horrible. Have you ever been like in a customer-related job? I would think so. Have you ever had a real job? Um, <laughs> never had a real job. Yeah, not you? really. Uh, I worked in Madison's around the corner for. I guess we asked if like you had a real job. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was customers, though. That was yeah. that was dealing with people. Coffee shop customers are different, though. At no, 3 a.m. No. though. At three a.m. Yeah, okay, yeah. They're not enough. there. They they are party animals by then. <laughs> um, I remember just being so exhausted from work that. I used to park my motorbike at TLC back when I was allowed on those. And um, I'd then get on the bike and head home from there. And this one time I came in, went to use a toilet and then woke up and it was 6 a.m. Wow. I just fell asleep on the loo after a shift at Madison's. <laughs> That was not a good night, let me tell you. I've also slept in the office once. Have you? Yeah, I don't know if my boss knows this. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the EFL Awards last year. It was a Sunday night and I was on the 7 a.m. shift on Monday. Oh. So I was like, to be fair, I could just go straight to the office. No <laughs> one will be there, it's Sunday night. Yeah. Got a night bus. <laughs> That's how desperate it was, I got a night <laughs> bus back to London Bridge. 3 a.m. on a Monday morning. Security yeah. guard's still outside. <laughs> 100%. And uh, so I'd, I'd swipe in, like, you know, just like this weirdest eye contact with the receptionist. Like, yeah. what are you doing here? <laughs> just like nod, smile, morning. Yeah. And uh, up, up to floor 12. And I'm like, I'll go. Because I'd left like some joggers in, <laughs> like, in my office. I was like, so perfect. On the way in, you thought, I don't worry, I've got pajamas. So I'm in, I'm in a three piece suit from like, it's like with tux and like, gone in a tux. And I've gone to get my joggers and a hoodie. I've gone to the toilet, similar thing, fallen asleep, and woken up when the cleaners come in about four. Oh no, so I'm like, kind of play it cool that I'm like in like a bow tie shirt and joggers. <laughs> I was like <laughs> mid getting changed, I fell asleep. And then went and found a sofa, uh, got about another hour, and then the cleaners came around again about five. Thankfully my gym opened at half six, like downstairs. Yeah. So I went down, had a shower, slightly freshened up, Started work at seven. Oh. <laughs> Not my most productive day oh, in the office, no. I have to say. But the awards any good? Oh, class, no. Great. <laughs> Worth it, then. Oh, Worth it. See, I've heard you've got some funny stories about your time as a journalist. Care to tell us the tennis story? I'm talking about the Wimbledon story, yeah. The Wimbledon story. So, so I do quite a lot of talk sport radio yeah. stuff, talk sport and talk sport too. Yeah. Um, and How so good I, is it to not have a video camera on you while you're doing that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> And you'll see why in a few <laughs> moments. Um, so, so I did Wimbledon. So I covered my first Wimbledon last year, which mm. is like obviously since going to Wimbledon was kind of the start of my what yeah, journey to being a sports. It was really yeah, cool really to cool. to cover yeah. Wimbledon. So I was like, I'm just gonna because I basically got a pass that so can get you in at any time That's of so the two cool. weeks, and you can just go in and also big food budget every day. Oh. Oh. Cheers, all England club. <laughs> um, so yeah, first morning, Monday morning, and like obviously the grounds are just gorgeous yeah. like absolutely perfect no that. one's in there and i'm there and it's literally just a few journalists on the ground and a few ground staff and a few players wow. milling around no fans in at this point point. Wow. and i'm just sat on the top of henman hill caught one in front of me like caught a uh, center court behind the ground and then you can see over to the city like over mm -hmm. that like over in one direction oh, yeah. and um and so i was doing the kind of the morning kind of newspaper review on TalkSport too. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, talk is free of you. Like, what can you see? And so I just basically described the same thing. And then, like, oh, do you like, so I spoke to the producer after, he said, oh, do you mind coming on again, like later on in the week? And I was like, yeah, sure, whichever day you want. <laughs> Following day, 
um, same scenario kind of unfolds and it might have been a different presenter. They were like, oh, let's talk us through the view. And I said the exact same words. <laughs> the only thing, the only difference was that that day was my day off for the two weeks. <laughs> so at the time when I was describing like, oh, the grass, the plants, the flowers, everything, I was lying in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the heart to say, I can see my TV, I've got my wardrobe, uh, got I'm a few clothes hanging. Oh, just didn't have the heart to tell him. Came off and I knew I was off like live. So it was like, like the listeners don't know, they can just hear voices, like they don't know anything. And uh, I told the producer afterwards, he's like, well played, because I had no idea either. <laughs> and I did it, I had a similar incident in Madrid last end of last year again similar thing with our like, oh, man coming on i was like yeah sure mm. i can't, i think i might have mentioned that i was in madrid i might not have done but madrid. essentially i was <laughs> so I, I did the same kind of thing where they were like it wasn't like describe your view but just do the paper review yeah did the paper review in my pajamas in bed in madrid <laughs> 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 no one knew flew all the way out to madrid to do the review. You know what? In your pajamas. It makes but me wonder moment. when you have like callers in to yeah. like radio shows and things, how often are they just sitting around in their pants or something? Especially now in lockdown. Home. Like that was before yeah. lockdown, even more so now. Yeah, man. It's, uh, mm, chaos. Hello, <laughs> welcome to uh, Radio 4. <laughs> I'm joined here once today by this slob in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> I love it that Callum listens to Radio 4. It was Radio 4. Like Radio 4 is when you can't find anything on Radio 1, can't find anything on Radio 2, then you get to jam. And then you go then you go Radio 5 Live, right? And then yeah, <laughs> 5 Live is Five the Live is the starting point. Is it? After TalkSport and TalkSport 2. All right. Just mm. to point that out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> on commission. <laughs> I mean, say yeah, so I'm, I'm, say, I'm, you're on payroll right now and you need to do a few promotions. <laughs> Have we got any other embarrassing stories? Because I, from Pets at Home, I've got a lot. I've got a lot Let's of hear stories. one, come on. God. Um, I'll put, okay, here's one that happened, I'd say more last year. So, <laughs> it's, again, it's about, coincidentally, it's about food. And I'm not saying everything about me is about food. <laughs> I, won't talk, the I won't talk about uh, poo too much I'll just yeah I'll use a different word um, so it was a lovely day at Pets at Home sky was blue everything was going well pretty standard day just a couple of annoying customers uh, and then I was selling hamsters and hamsters like <laughs> like in your coat pocket like, hey kids what yeah, hamsters? I was just yeah <laughs> Got some uh, side hustle going on over yeah. here. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> children. I have hamsters on my left. Yeah, hamsters. Very good price. I have mice on my right. And then the right hand, giddy. Yeah, so I was at hamsters, but our hamster section is quite close to uh, all the dog section. Dog section is like right next to it. So I was selling hamsters. And I was just mainly just giving them advice, talking. And I catch a customer, uh, like just to the corner of my eye, just standing with a puppy. I was like, oh, that's a cute puppy, just harmless. So I carried on with my conversation to this group of people in front of me. And then, like, as they're sort of chatting amongst themselves about what I just told them, uh, I just look over at this customer to check out the puppy again, and <laughs> I just see it poo. Now, usually we get a lot of poos in pets at home, and either... When you're two working. <laughs> <laughs> two scenarios play out there. Either just leave it, or they just, like, tell you, and you, you clean it up, or you get them to clean it up. Um, <laughs> this guy had a different different scenario oh, planned no. out. The bird scenario was created <laughs> with this guy. Approach. Yeah, so it pooed, and it was quite a solid poo. Well, so I thought, and um, <laughs> and what it did, it was it was it was like slow motion. So it started to drop because he was holding this puppy, dropping. <laughs> Instead of just letting it splat to the floor, fully booted this poo nugget. And he, I think what he wanted to do is he wanted to kick it underneath the aisle or underneath the shelf. <laughs> Didn't happen. I wish that happened. I was standing next to him, booted it splattered 
Half of it went on the shelf. Oh, Half of it days. went all down my trouser no. leg. Oh yeah. no! All down my trouser leg. It so was... you're there trying to sell these kids your hamsters. Yeah, like, and then they, yeah. I'm pretty sure some of it got on them as well. I was like, this is disgusting. But I just don't know why the approach is to fully volley it. Like, why is that? It's a brave decision. To be fair, really. it would have been so satisfying <laughs> for him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just clean volley straight over the show. A slight detour, just taking us away from jobs and vocations at the moment. <laughs> um, you've been listening to the show for the last few weeks. I have. you got a couple of pet stories or animal stories. Can you explain the time where you volleyed a monkey? Fill us in. Animal rights are really important. I'm going to put yes. that out there first of all. We do not condone. We don't condone animal animals. abuse at all. No way. But however, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So just listen to the, the was it episode two? Yeah. Um, just reminded me of a of a, a rather a, a, well a, a rather hilarious episode of my <laughs> life. Um, I was in. I was so yeah. After I kind of saved up to go travelling because of that that job at HSBC. Went to went off travelling. Ended up in, in Bali, went to Ubud Monkey Forest in Bali, nice. which is exactly what it says on the tin. Yeah. And, and everyone goes there and feeds loads of monkeys. Yeah. And uh, there was a girl there, she was probably like mid-twenties, and she was clearly distressed by having this monkey on her head. <laughs> I was like, there. look, I'm going to be the saviour here, I'm going to go over and help her. And uh, so I went and helped this girl, I kind of put my arm out, the monkey walked down my arm, sat on my shoulder, we were getting on great, had a few yeah. selfies together, That's like having a great amazing. time. But the thing is, because everyone in this forest like feeds the monkeys, he oh, was yeah, expecting yeah. food and I hadn't got anything. <laughs> so he starts like ravaging in my bag, nothing. <laughs> and when he realizes that I'm like basically, you. Uh, yeah. And basically he realized that I'd completely mugged him off and I was just there for the photos. And I didn't have any food for him. He got really angry and he like, he basically kind of, this, I captured it all on video, amazingly. <laughs> and uh, he kind of took a kind of a bite at my shoulder. Oh. And I'm like videoing it. I'm like, oh, that really hurt. <laughs> and then he kind of got even more angry. He took a kind of a proper bite of kind of just to the left of my left nipple. <laughs> oh, my days, it oh, hurt so days. much. And then so we carried on. So I kind of shoved him off, kind of got rid of him. And yeah. a few minutes later, I was a bit shaken this part. I was like, I don't want any monkeys to come near yeah, me. Bearing yeah, in mind terrible. that rabies is a real thing in Bali. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I really don't want rabies. No. And... Um, <laughs> That would not be that's a soundbite, isn't it? a general statement. No one wants rabies. <laughs> and this monkey came towards me and like kind of went to jump on my foot. And I, I can see exactly where your mate in Pets Home has come from. Because <laughs> I volleyed this monkey. <laughs> and he went flying and scarpered so quickly. Again, like everyone kind of around me was yeah, like, because no one else had got the context of no. this monkey. Another monkey. saw a guy so punting I've, a monkey. <laughs> I've paid to go into a monkey forest. I've paid. Everyone there is like, we're seeing monkeys. This is so cool. <laughs> One goes to me and I've just volleyed it. <laughs> Everyone's like, like what? It was at that point I was like, Matt, we need to leave. <laughs> we need to go. Oh. We're talking about the concept of jobs, employment, vocation, yeah. uh, whatever you want to call it. But if you're a follower of Jesus while you're here on earth, you also have a job and a responsibility. We have a yeah. purpose here, don't because we? Because if we didn't, as soon as we find Christ, we'd be taken up to heaven with him, surely. So, Matthew 28 reads this. Um, then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. 
When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even till the end of the age. So for us as Christians, if we're followers of Jesus, we have a job and a responsibility to do while we're still on earth to make disciples of the people around us. Mm. What does that look like practically? So yeah, I think, so we've all got that, the Great Commission, which is go and make disciples of all nations. Mm. That's a blanket job description for every Christian. Mm. Um, But the way that works kind of works itself out differently depending on your individual vocation as well. Yes. So like for instance, around the table here, three of us have been called into ministry um, in some form uh, and to some capacity. Whereas you, I imagine, have a different vocation on your life. Mm. Very much so. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the one of the joys of, of being a Christian and working in a non-Christian yeah, environment is yeah. being light in a dark place. Yeah, like you're going into, for, in my case, I'm going into a newsroom where the vast majority of people aren't Christian. They don't know. They don't know Jesus. And yeah. there's an opportunity there, mm. and that, um, yeah, is is an opportunity. You build in relationships, especially with, like, working on a sports desk where it is mainly kind of guys in their 20s and 30s where you do build connection you've obviously got that mutual love of sport and actually you can build friendships you can build relationships but actually there's also an opportunity and that sometimes comes easier than others where you can share the good news you can share the gospel with them Mm. and that has been beautiful i've got a mate at the moment who i'm just kind of talking through a couple of questions with about noah and the practicalities of like how does that work and and if like and obviously there are some people, lots of people who are called into into kind of church ministry. Mm. But actually, if we're all in church ministry, yeah. that'd be useless. Like you're looking at, I'm just reading James recently and and the fact that teachers are judged stricter. And actually yeah. the fact that, that not all of us are called to be teachers. We need workers out That's in right. the mission field. Mm. So we need people in newsrooms. We need people in schools. Yeah. We need yeah. people in businesses. We need people, Come on. we need politicians. You, good, like, Absolutely. you look at like Daniel and you look at Moses who had such high and significant position. Joseph, like who had such a significant position yeah. As yeah. A, essentially as a politician. Yeah. And that's where he could be a representative for, right. for, yeah. for God. And that's this idea of having Christians in, in every kind of sphere of influence because right, they man. all need, everyone needs Christ. Mm. Um, and you're almost paradoxically, if you're in ministry, especially if you're full time, you end up surrounded by mostly Christians, mm. which is great. But where's your opportunity to witness then? You've got yeah, to go out yeah. of your way to do it. Whereas if you're, yeah, like you say, you're working in a newsroom surrounded by mostly people that haven't heard of Jesus before. Yeah, because it's that phrase of, you're you should be in the world but not of the world mm-hmm. and i feel like you grow up and you know you're bound you're going to schools you're going to have non-christian friends you're going to be in like situations where you're not surrounded by christians uh, my greatest advice is don't lose that yeah, yeah that's it because it's so easy just to get trapped in a christian, christian church bubble, bubble. we're not actually called cult- to that we're not because right. if, if we're all just if the only people we interact with is other people that go to church like no one else is going to get saved yeah that's it man and like and this is a challenge, isn't it? Because you want to be surrounded by people who are going to um, impact you, grow yeah. you, sharpen you. Mm. However, I think that if we're not around non-Christians making a difference, we just become dull. Yeah. Not in terms of our personalities, but in terms of our effectiveness. Like we become yeah. blunt. Because mm. um, Jesus constantly spent time around people who didn't acknowledge yeah. him and know him. Yeah. Because that's where we're all called to be. And whether that's 
full-time church ministry or not is irrelevant Mm -hmm. because we're called to ministry on earth as we represent Christ. And just to say as well, I don't think the church, I'm talking the wider church, have done a great job over the last few decades of growing people of influence in wider world than the church like often it can be looked up to and idolized as the church platform is the significant moment where you've made it in life and it's really not not. it's really not like if you've got an ability and you're listening to this or you're watching and you're good with words and language like jj's always been as a kid and you've got a passion for something then follow that because what comes naturally to you is probably what god's called you to yeah because you always found that writing came easily, that words have always come naturally to you. And God's used that to make a difference. Mm. And I think also the, the fact that, yeah, just being in that environment and like this, I guess it's quite a personal story, but like, so when I was working at The Sun and um, so my ex-girlfriend was also working there as well. And mm. we, so like the fact that we didn't sleep together was massive. Was, was massive. And the yeah. fact that we didn't share a bed and people were like, you guys look like crazy. Yeah. And it was like, that's such a like in a newsroom. People are like, "That's mental." Yeah, so physical, and to the that's... point where, like, the, her boss was like, "That's a story. Like, wow. would you want to do that story?" And in the end, mm. like, <sighs> we did a we did a big page, like a full page in the paper, where we basically like Come on. we don't sleep together because we believe like we we like we believe that actually God's got a greater purpose for yeah, sex than that. just sleeping Come around on, and man. wasting Come that yeah. that actual and such <clears throat> a beautiful gift that is actually preserved for marriage. That's and it. we were able to share that and. Like, that is not going to be possible if you're not a Christian in the newsroom. But also, mm, come on. it's not just about being a Christian in the newsroom. It's got to be actually you're living it out. Like, reading yeah, James Lately, like, you can have your beliefs, but if you just keep them internal and you don't actually live it it's out, dead. you don't live out the faith, it's dead. Yeah. There's no point to it. It's, dead, and it's amazing how, like, because you kind of, yeah, you lived, you lived your faith out there and you were loud, you were visible, you were in that location. God's used you to witness to yeah. thousands, That's thousands it, of people in that newspaper. That's it. And go for it, mate. I was going to say the key is also, though, you want to, the way you like bring forward those opportunities is showing that right. is who you are. Right. Like you are a Christian. Yeah. It's so easy just to mold into their way of living yeah. and just oh, act 100%. like, just act like, you know, just a normal person. Especially, We're called to be different though. Especially when you're in an industry that looks very different anyway. I mean, I yeah. always feel that it would be hard to be a Christian in an industry like building. Yeah. From what I've seen through friends who are on the building trade, actually, that's a really hard environment to be yeah. a witness. Yeah. But God knows that we need witnesses in that environment. Otherwise, mm. we're never going to win those men. So yeah, it's such a challenge to... <laughs> Like you've touched on it there that you don't get the opportunity to speak unless you live differently in the first place. So because you and your girlfriend in that moment decided to live differently, God gave you an opportunity to speak on that in a way that was public and vocal. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And going back to kind of like the industry, like um, one of my friends down in London, he worked as a mechanic and get a very, very similar industry. And he wasn't working with Jesus at the time and actually did an alpha course, came to know Jesus while he was still working there. And in an instant, his his lifestyle mm, changed. He it. stopped swearing. He stopped mm, getting involved in those conversations. And when and when you go from just being swimming with that crowd to turn around and swimming against that crowd, wow. they notice it. And yeah. like, yes, you'll get mocked, and yes, yeah. you'll get like mm. a, a degree of persecution. The Bible never promises an easy life without yeah. suffering or yeah, sacrifice. But actually, like, if you're gonna if you, you truly believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, like, it's so worth it. Yeah, it's worth so it, worth it. And if, if if it means you have one conversation that sparks one thing yeah. in one of your colleagues, mm. that means that later down the line they think, oh yeah, 
I remember he talked about Jesus. I'm going to try an apple course. I'm going to go along to church. Man. Come on. You don't like, sometimes you'll see the fruit of it from the seeds that you plant. That's sometimes it. you mm. won't. Yeah. yeah. But it's not about, that's, that's it's, it, not, it's not that's about it. us. Like, that's so it. me in the newsroom at the sun, I may well have, I've hopefully have planted some seeds. And that's it. especially in some of the conversation I've had lately. And that article that, that Jess and I did a couple of years ago, like, yes, like that relationship hasn't worked out and that's, that's absolutely fine. But actually we may have planted some seeds in that Come conversation on. that yeah. someone read and it had a massive impact yeah. on them. And, and the chances are you'll never see that. No. You'll never see no. That. Isn't that the biblical principle that someone plants, someone harvests, but only God does the watering, right? Yeah. So mm. that's our job is to sow seeds. So this is why I love the parable of the farmer because he didn't mm. care that he just scattered it mindlessly everywhere. So when Jesus is speaking this parable to people who understand, they would have looked at that like, this farmer's an idiot. What a waste of all that good seed. Mm. But the farmer wasn't called to judge the soil. He was simply called to sow the seed. Yeah. So with our lives, as we do mission and as our vocation as Christians to share the gospel, mm. we've just got to be constantly sowing seed. Yeah, for sure. I was, I was just going to say, because I'm, I'm aware as well. That they'll, they'll, we've talked a lot about like vocation as being our job. Um, I'm aware there's people that will be listening to this who are um, students. And I want to say to you, if you're a student, yeah, come on. that's your vocation that's for, yeah. this, for this time. And there's going to be people as well who are unemployed. And mm. you can glorify God through that's like your, Spot on, your unemployedness. Yep. Um, mm. your, your vocation isn't just what you do for a living. No. It's every mm. part of your yeah. life. Mm. Um, you're called to be a follower of Christ in everything. Yeah. Mm. Um, I've, been, I've been reading a little bit about um, recently about marriage and singleness as vocations in themselves. Wow. And about how like, you know, if you're listening to this and you're married, um, that's a wonderful thing. That's a really precious thing. I like, I'm married, Josh, you're married. Um, it's great. Yeah. And through your marriage, you get to witness to people about something of the depth of God's love through yeah. the way that you love your wife um, or husband. But if you're single as well, you almost get a different opportunity. Yeah. Right? You get the opportunity to invest in many, many different That's people. It. And you, you, they, you therefore represent something of the breadth of God's yeah. love and the fact mm. that he does witness to everyone. He loves everyone. Yeah. And that's, that's part of vocation as well. So it's equally wonderful, just in a completely different way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we used to talk about this a lot in youth. I don't know if you remember some of these conversations, JJ, and uh, maybe you, Josh, as well, about when it came to talking about evangelism, we'd often talk about shrinking the goals. Yeah. If we read that passage about the Great Commission on face value, it can seem like a phenomenally huge task. Yeah. So just go and make disciples, baptizing them all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and by the way, teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you as well. And sometimes we can get so scared about being missional and sharing the gospel because the goalposts seem so hard to get to. So we used to talk about shrinking the goals. So if I've just met you for the first time, the end goal in my heart might be, yes, that you become a Jesus follower. But it's firstly to say, oh, hi, I'm Josh, what's your name? So like in yeah. the Christian world, we can talk so much about, oh, make disciples, get to the end goal, yeah. which is good, we want that. Yeah. But let's firstly not be weird and be approachable. So yeah. instead of the, the end goal on conversation one being salvation, baptism in the Holy yeah. Spirit, repentance and tithing, <laughs> instead of that being the end goal from conversation one, it's yeah. actually just introduce yourself to one another in a way that's not weird. We've all had or seen those like slightly weird conversations, haven't we? I remember inviting one of my friends who's not a Christian to like a Christian event once. And this girl that I didn't know came up to him and started talking to him. And was like, it was like, question one, what's your name? Question two, what do you do? Question three, do you know Jesus? And like that's that's that that was pretty awesome. Bad. That's bold. That that was bold. Yeah. And he was like, no. And she was like, then started talking about how like she was praying and she saw Jesus and and I just thought to him he she, he must just think she's a nutter. Yeah. Like, as great as is to witness about those things. It's, it's yeah. The, you got to plant seeds yeah. the right way. 
So yes, let's shrink the goals and yes, let's make evangelism attainable and easy to begin with. But when God sets you up for a moment, let's all be brave enough to take it. Because I, I can look back on my life and feel absolutely bummed out from the huge numbers of moments that I've missed. Yeah, 100%. So, like, I've, I've had so many of them <clears throat> where, you, where you've been in that exact moment where you've, you know there's a moment there and you let it go. And that's been something that I've been praying about lately. It's yeah, like, cool. Lord, just give me opportunities to share mm. the gospel within the workplace. Mm. So we've got a Christian fellowship at work. So the leader of the fellowship was like, hey, do you mind, would you like pray about it? But we'd love to make you like the ambassador for the, wow. for the thing. Cool. And at the moment I was like, I've got so much on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not committing to another I thing. Do it. But then actually I was like, Lord, the Lord just reminded me like, Jay, you've been praying about an opportunity to share the gospel yeah. in the workplace. Wow. This is an opportunity to do that, yeah. which is so important. Definitely, man. So we talked about some practical bits of going out, shrinking the goalposts, making a difference, knowing that firstly, if you're a Jesus follower, we all have two callings on our life. One, know God to make him known, right? Yeah. And then anything specific that he gives us on, is on top of that. It's not instead of that. Yeah. But how do you stay fueled up? So if you're trying to give out Jesus all the time, what God's been te teaching me over the last few years is you can't lead people further than you've been yeah. and you can't give what you don't have. Mm -hmm. So how can I constantly give out Jesus? How can I keep on being refilled? What are your thoughts? For, for me, it reminds me of a picture that the Lord gave me most of it a couple of years ago. And essentially it was of a football training session and the group of players started in, in one small circle together. And then there was a circle of poles, like 10 yards, and then another circle 20 yards, and another circle 30 yards. And what they'd do is they'd run out to the first one, run back into the middle together, run out to the second one on their own, run back into the middle one, and then run out to the third circle, and then come back in together again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And actually, right. it's so important. Like, yes, we might be making that first step into, into evangelism, into sharing the good news, into being a uh, salt and light in the workplace, is, is kind of how it's described in, in Matthew's gospel. And but then coming back. It's yeah, so important to come it. back into that church community, to sharpen one another, to grow together, to build one another. Yeah. Because if you go out and you're just empty, like if you go out on a long car journey and don't fill up your petrol, <laughs> you'll run out. You, yeah, you will yeah. burn out, you'll That's run out, it. and it, it's, it just yeah, ends in failure. Like, it would just be so ineffective, it would be so inefficient. But actually, if you come back in, you so build good. each other up, mm, you yeah. fill each other up again. Look, just connecting together, connecting with God, just being filled with his spirit together, encouraging one another, sharing stories of what things have gone That's well, it, things that haven't yeah, gone well. Yeah. Mm. Learn from each other, do it together. You're not on your own in this because let's be honest, we've all tried to go out into the workplace or wherever into our communities and have struggled. Yeah. Like you're not the only person who struggled. Yeah, if you're listening it. to this and you're like, oh, but I find it so really difficult. Hard. So do we. Yeah. We yeah. all so do. do. We, we yeah. all we do. Have all, it's like, not easy. Yeah. 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 It is not easy. And actually, but, uh, like, if you are listening to this and JJ just talked about sharing faith, maybe you're listening to this and you're a Jesus follower and you've got a story of how you've recently been evangelistic and taken an opportunity. Send it in. Yeah. yeah. We'd yeah, love to hear just, it. Like, we'd love to encourage really one another it. with it. So uh, why where can you send that to? You can send that to... Admin, not, not Rena. <laughs> <laughs> Admin at trinitylifechurch.org.uk. Boom. So keep going out, but then keep coming back in. So even as we, if you want to know the biblical model of that, Jesus does it with the 72. Yes. He sends them out, they come back and report. He sends them out, they come back yeah. and report. It's the same for us in our walks with Jesus. Yeah. We mm. are called to go, but first we were called to come close, right? Mm. So come and go, come and go.
So maybe you're listening or watching this and actually you're a Christian, you walk with Jesus, but you're not connected into a local church. Yeah. Mm. Um, please hear no condemnation because there's never any condemnation in Jesus. No. But you're not called to be a Christian on your own. No. You're just not. Um, and maybe, maybe you'll make it to the finish line without ever engaging in church and with having no Christian friends. Mm. But odds are you won't. Yeah. Mm. And maybe it's time for you to come home, to mm. come back to church, to get stuck in somewhere, to mm. gather together in a smaller group and be loved so that you can go out and be effective. Yeah. And yeah. if I can add, like almost broaden that a bit as well, if you li are listening and you go to church, and again, we say this with no condemnation, nothing but love. You go to church, but it's the, one of those things where you turn up two minutes late and you leave two minutes early. You never interact with anyone else there. That's almost like the, I would say, apart from worship, that's the primary purpose of church is community, yeah. is fellowship. Mm. Um, so stick around after, like chat to people, get engaged in a small group. Um, whatever it is that your church does that allows you to actually forge deeper connections mm. with other Christians that are walking through life mm. with you, yeah. do mm. it. Sign up for it, because it's so worth it. Very good. And yeah. also just the fact that you look in the gospels, even Jesus didn't do much ministry on his own. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, a lot of the stuff when Jesus was going out, he was with his team. He was yeah, doing it together. It. Teaching them, training them in partnership. Mm. Almost always when Jesus was on his own, it was to be with his father. Wow. It wasn't when he was ministering. <laughs> so those three things that we can take away mm. from this today. If you're a Christian, connect in with him. Like He is the most important place mm. and person for you to be with and be near. Secondly, get stuck into a local church and community. And then thirdly, get out and make a difference. Mm. Uh, JJ, I wonder if you'll pray for us all, mate. I'd love to. Father, thank you so much that yeah. we can really just grapple with what it means to have a purpose. Yeah. Lord, whether that is in, in paid church ministry or for the majority of us, it's not. It's in our colleges, it's in our schools, it's yeah. in our workplaces. Mm -hmm. Lord, help us to be salt and light. Help us to be reminded that, that we are not going out and fighting this fight on our own, but actually mm. you're with us. And we've got a team of church together that we're doing this yeah. with. This is a... This is a team effort, Lord, and you are, yeah. the, you are the captain of that team. And Lord, we just want to worship you. We praise yeah. you. We thank you. Mm. And Lord, we come again before you. We thank you for all that you do. Amen. 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 Well, we're coming to a close there. Thank you for tuning in this week. Next week, it will just be the Free Josh podcast. It's been so great. It's been so great having you as a as an elongated guest. But now, guys, if you... I found your favorite. Um, just, uh, <laughs> and we'll catch you so, next week. <laughs>